I find myself inexplicably drawn to these beings. I have travelled the eastern winds in search of all information regarding them, and yet their origins are inconclusive. There are many, like myself, who theorize their beginnings, and there are as many who believe them sent from long-forgotten deities to reset the scales. None of us are correct, and yet none of us are proven wrong, so it is my hope that by writing down my theories I may gain greater insight from you, dear reader. Perhaps your untrained mind may aid me in finding the answers I seek. So, to give you the greatest opportunity to assist me, I shall begin with what I do know, when they were strangers. Excerpt from Text Unknown, Author Unknown Hello and welcome to Chronicles of the Eastern Winds, a D&D podcast set in a world of floating skyholds, once home to giants and surrounded by an impenetrable wall of cloud known as the Cumulus Eterna. Now, these vast halls and cities are home to the mortal races who seek the treasure of their Jotun predecessors. My name is Tristan and I'm your Dungeon Master and with me are Alex. Hello. Corey. Hi, hi. Dan. Hello. Ollie. How do? And Ryan. On eight. Okay, so let's just get straight into this. We start on the floating island of Beetlejuice, because that is the name that you've all decided I have to say. One of the largest skyholds in the eastern winds. The size of a small country, Beetlejuice is home to a large population of various backgrounds and races. But its most notable feature is the monstrous city of sandstone at its centre. Ancient buildings stand hundreds of feet into the air with glassless windows open to the elements, the stone structures now acting as skeletons to the many-floored denizens of elves, man, dwarves and halfling. In the south of the city, where the occupants are less than lawful and homes are little more than shacks piled on top of each other, stands a temple to Lathander, god of the life and light domains. Built from wood and iron, the temple nestles awkwardly into the little space its worshippers could carve out among the other wrecks. Outside, a now ruined effigy to the Morning Lord stands abused, whilst inside, followers of life have lit candles to chase away the shadows. Today, the temple is busier than normal, and whilst the followers of Lathander are tending to the sick and poor, we meet our first pair. Ollie and Dan, would you like to introduce yourselves? I'm a... Tall, high elf, dressed in all leathers, looking rather sickly at the moment, uh, having recovered from a bout of uh, quite serious poisoning and uh, being shot with a crossbow. My name is Rythron Nilo, and uh, I'll be with you tonight. And I am a half-elven male called Lee, or as everyone else has started calling me for some reason, Ellie. (laughs) He's late 40s. Uh, shoulder-length black hair, um, darker skin, and uh, the probably biggest defining feature is missing his left arm entirely from the shoulder. Nice. So what are you two up to at the moment? I'm trying to convince Lee that he needs to join me and leave the temple and get out of this godforsaken temple of God. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. So... Time of day, it's about, we'd say nine o'clock in, in what would appear to be springtime. Okay, so it's a nice, cool breeze that's coming through. As with all of the skyholds, there is a self contained atmosphere that the magic of the giants is maintaining. And no one quite knows why, but it means that you don't need to worry about what you breathe, uh, about um, suffering from oxygen deprivation. It's open to the elements in terms of it still will rain. So there are actually puddles on the floor, on the rock, uh, where it was raining the night before. But not so much that it's a storm, just enough to to leave a nice um, set of puddles that you can see some nearby um, halfling children jumping around in, splashing in, having some fun whilst their um, parent is washing in a bucket nearby. All around you, you've got the beginnings of uh, breakfast run. So the the worshippers of Lathander have set out big uh, tables 
uh, big wooden tables where they've got like pots of gruel and porridge and nothing that would be massively expensive because most of the time the people who have set up shop here the worshippers of lathanda they have not got enough money to buy anything luxurious they're literally here to help the needy help the less fortunate um so right now what they're doing is is getting ready for that and and it's busier than normal there's more patrons we will call them rather than just you know poor peasants um and they're trying their hardest to to get as much food out to people as possible um in the center of the temple is is where you find this sort of like mess hall area where it's all rickety and makeshift to the left of the temple are some private chambers for the worshippers and and a dedicated chapel to the thunder to the right there is patient beds so a series of like makeshift cots where you've got some sick and wounded this is where you two uh, have been staying for the past uh, i think it was like week two weeks that you've been here fresh faces come and go you've never really gotten to know anybody there are a couple of new faces today um, but right now let's focus on you two so nilo you're saying that you're trying to convince lee to leave so what is it that you're saying to him what are you trying to do to to get him out lee um we've we've been here for a fortnight now um I'm getting a bit stir crazy, and you're doing your thing with uh, spreading the good word. So come with me. I don't know anyone else around here, and it's everyone else here kind of s- smells, and a couple of them are dying. Well, I'm not going to spread the good word very far if I stay here. So, yes, should, do we need a, a place to stay elsewhere? I mean, that'd be a start. Inns anywhere? Do we know any inns in the area? I mean, I got. Pulled in here off a street corner with a cross, with two or three crossbows in my back, so I'm probably not the best judge. Well, and I, I came with two arms, so, you know. You have me beat. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go and poke some people and see if they know where, uh, where we can stay. Oh my god, that's amazing. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, right so as you um i'm guessing that you guys get up to leave yeah i pull my pack from under my bed yeah we've been wandering around for a little while haven't we yeah yeah so you've been there for about two weeks you both were brought in about the same time for your own various reasons and you are the only two that have been there for longer than two weeks uh and sort of i feel like your your um friendship has grown purely out of common commonality as it were so you you to the only ones that have been there for two weeks you're the only ones that have actually stayed you've just got new faces day in day out so i feel like you two have just like clung to each other because you 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 consider each other not necessarily strangers but also strangers as you are you whereabouts are you heading towards are you heading towards the front door via the center let's go and Speak, that's the word, not interrogate. Speak to one of the priests and see if they can recommend somewhere to stay that's not this house of God. Yeah, I think we should spread our wings, so to speak. Cool. So you head towards where uh, you can see most, like, I'd say like 90% of the worshippers are currently working. And that is this bench filled with various, like, pots of, of porridge and gruel. As you're about to enter into it, both of you roll me a perception check. Uh, 14. 14 and a... 9. Cool. So, neither of you, you're both paying attention to each other quite a lot, to the point where you don't actually see the several halfling children who have sort of, like, gotten down on their hands and knees in front of you to trip you up. And so you both go flat on your faces. I'm just going to leave that there for a second. The next person that's actually in the patient room only came in the, the day before. Uh, Corey, introduce yourself to me. Okay, uh, as far as anyone can tell, uh, I am a dwarf. Uh, that one's obvious, I suppose. Four foot seven. Um, but definitely much broader than a halfling, so I guess that's quite relevant. Uh, anyone looking would notice like jet black long hair in braids, and the fact that I'm sweating profusely for some reason, and I seem to be having a bit of the, uh, some like, shifty eyes looking around, a bit cautious-like and uh, a hand in a bandage and relatively isolated relative to myself 
and just feeling really, really, really paranoid, I, was, I suppose. So you see these two, let's call them comrades. You see Ollie and Dan walk up, not paying attention, only to immediately go face first into the floor. And you see these little halfling children <laughs> scurrying away. And they're just like, yeah, got you, yeah. and they're all just like taking the mick out of these two um, older individuals. Um, they're literally like one bed over from you. So what do you do? Okay, so in my time so far, have I seen this behavior a lot? Or um, is this like something that has just happened for the first time since I've been here? So you have, um, you've been in this area of um, Beetlejuice for quite some time and know that the halfling kids here tend to be pranksters. Little shits, some might call them. Um, so you are aware that they are basically continuously out of control. Uh, I'm going to hop out of my bed, walk on over, and uh, I'm going to reach out with my hand and recoil immediately because I realize that it's the hand I've got bandaged and extend my right hand instead and help uh, the first person to their feet. I suppose uh, who, who, whoever's closest to me, I'm going to assist. Uh, I think that Lee would be the one closest to you. Okay. Lee, just, just confirm for me which arm you lost, left or right? Left arm gun. You lost your left arm. Yeah, so you, you are the one closest to Corey. Uh, I will help uh, is it Ellie? Sorry. <laughs> Are we going with Ellie? It's Lee, but you can call me Ellie. I won't mind. <laughs> I'm going to help Lee to his feet. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to kind of grumble beneath my breath. And as soon as Lee's on his feet, retire back to my own bed uh, and like try and keep myself as inward as possible, if that makes sense. Like just try not to reveal anything about myself. As I'm being helped up, I'm desperately pleading with um, Nilo to not pull his knife on these kids. Please. I will not make any promises. I told them the last time they pulled a prank, I would take one of their fingers. Four of them have pulled a prank. It's as harmless as last time. Four of them have pulled a prank this time. I have to make an example of one of them. Oh, God. God, God cannot save them from me. So are you about to just walk off and chase after these kids? No, I'll get them later. <laughs> cool. Uh, right, so, so yeah, so, Lee, you have seen this uh, dwarf, quite uh, sweaty dwarf, uh, offer you, no words at all, offer you his hand to help you up, um, and then sort of, like, backed himself back up onto his bed. He is clearly a person in need of help. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to put my nicest smile on and walk over, trying to look as calming as possible. How nice is that smile, may I ask? Is it convincing? Um, let's do a persuasion check. <laughs> oh, dear. Doesn't mean that he's not actually a nice person. It's just like a guy's. No, it's more... Um... Because that would be deception. So persuasion check is like, oh, yeah. he's trying to be kind, but you're clearly not into this right now. So that was a seven, but it's plus six. So it is a 13. Cool. Okay. And um, I mean, I, I set the DC at 10. So it's quite convincing. It, it seems genuine enough, if not a bit tired. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to smile back. I'm not going to put any effort into it. I'm going. It's going to look like real awkward and real forced. It's going to look as polite as possible with an avert of the gaze. Now, if you let me take a look at your hand, I could. I could be of some some aid. You know, I I, I heal people in here. That's my job. I just kind of get a whiff of. Uh, can I do an Arcana check and see how much I know about this person's skill with Arcana? If I can sense any magic about them. Yeah, hundred cool. uh, percent. That was a crit fail. Oh, right. So you look at him and, and for, for a moment, you're so disarmed by uh, just how see, seemingly nice this person is that you forget even what magic is. Wow. <laughs> you forget all of your problems in the world. You forget all of your research that you've been doing and you just... <laughs> 
want so badly to be held and to trust this person. Oh, that, that's opened up a wound that was not going to happen in my first introduction. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm gonna, I will kindly present my hand like, like Gimli to Galadriel, and um, I will just like undo the bandage a little bit. So as he slowly undoes the bandage, you see a very fresh wound. Is it like across the palm or is it? I said it's across the palm and I would say it's warm to the touch. Can I tell by looking at it what might have caused it? Is it obvious what kind of a wound it is? You'd have to roll an investigation check. I mean, uh, yeah, under the guise of being there to try and heal it, I'll take a good look at it if you'll let me. Uh, no, in that in that case, not an investigation check, medicine right. check. That's a 17. 17. So it's a, a sharp edge, but the edge itself is not like as sharp as a knife would be, suggesting that it could have been an outcropping of rock. Right. Well, I'll, I'll take his hand in mine and uh, give him a point of lay on hands just to see if I can close up the wound a little. Okie doke. What happens? <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to roll an arcana. Oh, natural 20. I'll take a picture. Hey! Oh, nice! Yeah, so, um, because you are in the temple of uh, your god, be it uh, a run down shack or not, his presence is there. And so he blesses all of uh, those who would worship and spread his good name. And as such, your leg on hands is so damn powerful that you not only see the wound heal but you actually can witness this sort of like green ichor slowly pool out of the wound as though any infection that were there has become manifested in this green goo and as you pull your hand away you see that same green goo lift into the air slightly and once your spell is finished it just sort of covers the top of Corey's hand, just ever so slightly, like a, a weird oil-based mixture. Right. Does that normally happen? I mean, I, I can't say I've seen it before. I, I wipe it off with the bandages that he doesn't need anymore. Thank you. That, what caused that? I'm going I'm, I'm to sit there dumbfounded. Like, betting uh, may have stopped. I, I'm, I've just got a look of dumbfoundness on my face. So do I, because I've never healed anyone before. I know, you normally make them cry. <laughs> I, I, I walk up to Lee, actually look at his hat, um, Corey, uh, Nil's hand, and just go, Ed, firstly, you didn't make him cry. I, I know, I must be getting better. I mean, it's quite hard to do medicine with one hand. I'm going to just look between these two individuals, and I just have to ask them, who are you people? Uh, I just sort of stick my hand out. I'm like, you're good to shake? Uh, Wraith from Nilo. Uh, elf, as you can see. Uh, I've found myself sort of stuck here uh, through a bit of misfortune. I thought I'd make Lee's life a bit more interesting. <laughs> just do a quick nod to the, to the bolts in the back of his, uh, or back of his back and just say, it's fortune, I see that. I'm going to take my hand out. The, the bolts weren't too bad, in fact. It, uh, it was the poison that was coating them that really did a number on me. <laughs> I'm going to take my other hand out, and um, kind of, I'm assuming it's the wrong hand I can shake with, because I don't feel right to use it yet. So I'm going to take my other hand, bend it awkwardly, and shake his hand that way, and say, Neely Omenbreaker, Arcanist. Ah, uh, I've not come across this way of shaking hands before. Must be uh, a Beetlejuice kind of thing. Are you looking to get out of here as well, considering you've just had your hand degooed? Truth be told, I don't know where I'm going, but I had the feeling that I would be in good company around you. Just for a bit longer, if you don't mind. Yes, we do have to make a detour to make an example of some halfling children. Um... Everywhere. I want to make a note for Neely here that uh, 
at hearing this and hearing the the offense or the the malice that is like hidden behind those words, normally he would just kind of refrain and see himself above it. But there is a voice inside of him saying, "Oh, that makes sense." With a bit of a grin. Nice. I like that. Um. So, have you decided to join these two? Yeah, I'm going to tag along because the magic man healed my wound. I don't trust it won't come back again. Nice. Okay. Um. So, as you uh, decide to uh, stick with them and carry on your your way towards the the entrance, you see um, a halfling, quite an absurd-looking halfling, enter through the entrance, stand in the doorway, scanning with just like a calm look on his face. And as he scans, he locks eyes with you, Lee. Ryan, introduce yourself for us, please. So I'm a halfling. I have a no hair, completely bald, but I have a nice little growing beard, as a young halfling would have. Uh, you say growing beard? <laughs> Child. Yeah, groin beard. Just like any good halfling, he's got a groin beard. We call those pills in my country. <laughs> Publicly broadcast, Sorry. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm uh, wearing simple robes, and I have a little amulet around my neck. That's about it. Cool. So um, as you enter in, Ryan, uh, you see this group of a half-elf, a, a high-elf, and a dwarf all um, together. You can see the rest of the worshippers are quite busy, obviously, um, giving out uh, food to the needy. But the reason that Lee has drawn your your uh, attention is because his amulet, that of a of a sunburst, is exactly the same as what you're wearing yourself, depicting a follower of Lathander. As he is heading out of the door, he looks like he is the least busy person here for you to talk to. Hence, why. That is uh, that he is the person that has caught your attention. Oh, oh hello there. I, uh, I, I see you're going out of the temple, and I, uh, I am also a follower of Lithander. Um, I just came here from the temple, a skyhold over, and I'm just wondering what, what's going on over here. Well, you're a follower of Lithander too. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, show my amulet. Can you, can you teach me how to do that? I'm quite new to all this. Oh, oh, I mean, I don't know how I do it. It just kind of touch and healing. No, no praying or you know how to pray or. Oh, I, oh, I can I certainly teach you how to pray. There's a lot of charge to that one. <laughs> that sounded so creepy. I'll take your charge. <laughs> Lee, Lee, free bit of free bit of advice. When a slightly suspect smaller man says he's going to teach you how to pray, don't take him up on his offer. It sounds like he's going to lock you in a broom cupboard. Well, don't trust smaller men. Is that the moral of that story? I'm I mean, you're all sorry. smaller than I am, so and I don't trust you. So, uh, <laughs> yes, that is the moral of the story. Oh, I, I, I don't know about that, but I, I don't think I'm going to lock anyone in a broom cupboard. <laughs> Okay, I feel we got off on the wrong foot here. What happened to your arm? <laughs> that one might be beyond saving at this point. I think it's still in the field somewhere. Just just never if you get invited to a battle, just don't go. It's not as fun as it seems. It's nothing like the brochures. Oh, I said I've never left the temple until now. So this is my second temple. Well, it's my first, so you're doing one better than me. Ah, so what are you uh, people going to do today? Uh, sort out some halfling children <laughs> to start off with. Uh, take that as you will. Uh, and then we're going to look to get out of, um, I would say godforsaken religious building, but clearly you people still think there is some form of fucking god round here. Um, but yeah, leave here. Um, and try and figure out who the hell, I suppose in my case, shot me. We might want to get vengeance on whoever made Lee into a 
walking one-armed man and um the dwarf i think he burned himself so unless we want to go and destroy some rocks i don't think we can really get vengeance on that one oh that's the implication that men with one arm can't walk and be turned to a walking one-armed man they left his legs <laughs> so what, what is this about the children you're going to do what we, we will be doing that he's he gets a bit emotional about these things. I'm going to make an example of them. Uh, that's the, uh, I've not quite decided how yet, but uh, the last time they pulled a prank on me, um, one of them tried to steal something from me. Now, I said, playfully and completely seriously, um, I'd take one of their fingers the next time they touched something that belonged to me. Oh. This time, four of them tripped us up. So uh, oh. I guess I've got to up the ante. Oh, no. I, I don't think I can consciously allow you to hurt a child. I mean, you could try and stop me. <laughs> I, I, Lee's hand is, like, buried in his face. as He's, he's got used to this over two weeks, I imagine. Well, I, I think I should accompany you and make sure you don't go overboard. Yes, it might take two of us. There's an idea. There is an idea. Brilliant. So we've, so we've now got a murderous high off on his way to job some some halfling children with his one-armed half-elf paladin friend who's just given up hope, their newly recruited uh, goth dwarf, and a halfling who cannot in good conscience allow him to beat up some, some, some halfling children, but also cannot in stature stop him. I'm having the same boat. I'm, I'm, I'm in two minds about the halfling abuse right now. Well, that makes three of us. <laughs> okay. Great. So, so this small group of people have uh, managed to make their way exactly 20 feet in this Temple of Lathander. Now is the time for you to actually exit the temple, leaving behind you the noises of people eating food and worshippers of Lathander either telling the halfling children to go away or praying that all of those that have come in are uh, receiving good fortune as you exit into the uh, morning air sun shines down on this this sort of courtyard now the scale of giants is obviously massive tall tallest giants are about 26 27 feet tall so you might say, gigantic. say say again sorry you might say gigantic <laughs> oh, that's so bad, and I love it. <laughs> so the scale of these giants is obviously, uh, you know, about five times that of a regular human. So each building that was created by them is about three or four stories tall. It's hundreds, it's about one hundred and twenty feet in the air as as a standard um, building, and so their walkways as well are hundreds of feet across. And so whenever you exit a building, you're usually met with quite a wide street that does allow some good sunlight through. As you exit the temple and you're greeted with the waking up of a very uh, sleepy area of the city, you see in the middle of this courtyard a half-elf with a woman. The half-elf is a, a man and is clearly not a fighter, whereas the woman who's looking a little bit impatient, is staring at this, this half-elf, waiting for a decision to be made. Alex, introduce yourself for us. Okay, so I'm a fairly lean, young, bronzed half-elf. I'm wearing um, a red cotton tunic and grey trousers and standard boots that um, you would expect a sky sailor to to wear um, my sleeves are rolled up and across my bar typical sky sailor tattoos so things like thunder gods mythical flying beasts things like that i've got long auburn hair and a long auburn beard both are neatly braided intertwined with rings and i have several earrings in each each ear um Basically, the typical look of any sky sailor you'd find around here. And I'm accompanied by a female cell sword, slightly taller than I am, with um, blonde hair. And she has an obvious look of disdain for me on her face. I love it. 
Absolutely love it. So, um, Alex, you and your sellsword are currently lost. You've obviously been making your way towards Market Town um, to try and get there in as much time as possible before Market Day, and you found yourself in this courtyard. As you are searching around and looking at the map that you have of this area, um, you can't make heads or tails. Everything just looks like lines on a map to you. You'd rather be up in the skies charting the, the trading lanes. As you look around, you see the entrance to this Temple of Lathanda, and you see a group of four individuals looking somewhat worse for wear in some instances, and, and some that are, uh, you know, a bit more chirper and, and peaceful and calmer and, and shorter. Um, they walk out the high elf leading. You obviously have got your own ideas of each individual race, but the high elf is clearly looking for something. And as his gaze scans over you, he looks at you not as a human, not as a uh, half-elf, not as an individual, but as a mark. And very quickly, his gaze sweeps to the left and sweeps to the right, searching. The three behind him look a bit more accommodating. Do you approach him? Well, I notice two look like they're um, linked to the temple. Yep. And having... Having frequented temples of Lithander when I was younger and in desperate need of some rations, I go to speak to them to see if um, if uh, any are available, knowing that the temples generally hand out pretty mundane but edible food. And living in the skies, I'm quite used to that kind of grub. So as you heads towards this group of individuals you hear an audible from behind you as the female sellsword follows you the rest of you see this half elf clear sky sailor with multiple earrings approaching you with a human female fighter following in tow and he clearly looks like he needs something i'm at the back of the group now. I'm, I'm 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 way at the back just staring at my hand this whole helping people thing is really exhausting <laughs> Oh, hooray. I, I approach Norris, as I think he looks like the most approachable of the bunch. And I say, hello there, my good fellow. Um, I'm in need of some rations, and I know that the temple generally can provide food. Would you know where I can go to get some? Oh, hello. There's, there's actually uh, rations being given out inside the temple at the moment, but... Um... Unfortunately, I'm trying to follow these fellows as one of them's trying to, I believe, murder a child. Not murder. Make an example. There's a very fine line. I, I don't like this kind of talk. So, I mean, I have some rations on me. If you were to accompany us, I could provide you them when we get somewhere settled. Well, I'm never going to turn down free food, so I'm, I guess I'll join you for the time being. Murdering a child does sound a bit, a bit dodgy, though. A halfling child as well. For the sake of clarity, what do you mean by making an example? I don't know where you all have got this. I'm going to murder a halfling child from. I never said I was going to murder the child. What was that, gilded high elf? Oh, sorry, half elf. Sorry, no, you're not even a full breed, are you? Sorry. Um. Sorry. Did you speak? Because you're clearly a. a a fairly well-to-do man that's trying to get free food off uh, a real run-down building. But no, big man, judge me, judge me. Yeah, I'm going to leave now. You know, you can never have too many friends. And you keep chasing up all of our better ones. So if we can keep these people around, then we've done better than we have these last two weeks, haven't we? I mean, not all of that was my fault. You did try and convert a couple of thugs that were mugging some people um and nearly lost your other arm remember well i, I appreciate you helping me in that situation yes that was i had to hide four bodies from the guards right <laughs> right in this instance uh first thing i need to happen is ollie i need you to make a wisdom saving throw uh, four from deep within you Corey, feel a tether to a being that you recognize but are not familiar with 
And within that, you feel this sudden surge of power, and it it flows through you at rapid pace, and out of your mouth just comes a single word. How do you say it? Oh, I'm thinking just like turn to the individual because I I know the high office talking smack, and I'm not appreciating it because it's making me confused and angry. Um, a rumbling in the ground, maybe if I can swing that far. And just the booming word, silence. As you hear this, Nilo. Yeah. As you hear this, Nilo, you feel a compulsion to no longer talk. You are, your lips and mouth are frozen in place. You cannot utter a single sound. You have got to teach me that one. I sort of look round uh, and I'm like, uh, hmm, hmm. Sort of looking around, trying to figure out where, who cast that, and I look directly at uh, Nil, and I'm just, I just sort of shrug, and sort of put my hands up, and I'm like, "What's the deal?" <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to look back at you, miming, and just not being sure what's really happened. Just kind of say, "Thank you for listening to my advice. We can resume the day now." <laughs> Nilo, as Nilly says that you may resume your day. You feel that compulsion to be silent completely ease, and you have the ability to speak once again. Well, that's for everything. Um, I turn around and make eye contact, not with Anis, um, but with his sellsword guard. And I went, name your price, and I'll pay you to kill him. And then I'll walk off. Uh, to, towards the children, to, towards trying to find where these children have escaped to. <laughs> <coughs> right, so just before we carry on, I need to uh, create a few details with Alex. Alex, is the name of the sellsword Tim of the House Allen? <laughs> Timothea, but for some reason she likes being called Tim. Ollie has just, or sorry, Nilo has just struck off to find and dismember some little halfling children. Um, are you going to go along with them? Yeah. Cool. So your sellsword, as Nilo stalks off to find the halfling children, uh, having just offered to pay your sellsword to kill someone in this party, you just see her turn, raise an eyebrow, and then sign something, but you don't know what it is. Okay. No. She puts up the, you know, the rock signs? Mm -hmm. You know, so her, she makes the, the devil horns with her left hand, and then places it over her elbow, crossing her arms in front of her, and then just flicks her hand open several times, uh, her right her right hand open several times. So, Nilo, you are stalking off to find some um, halfling children, yeah? I mean, not any halfling children. The ones that... <laughs> the ones that pulled the prank. Okay. Roll a... Roll an investigation check for me. Fifteen. Okay. Right. So you can see off to the east, down a little alleyway, the group of four halfling children all laughing and joking with each other in the shadow of one of the giant stone buildings. They catch your eye and see you walking towards them. But rather than running away, like you would have ex expected, they stand and start laughing at you, the leader crossing his arms and looking at you with a smirk on his face as you come walking up to him. Think you're clever, hmm? No, but I think that you're dumb. <laughs> and all the little kids around him are just like, yeah, yeah it's a really good one. <laughs> he just looks up at you just like, so what do you want? Come round for another round? <sighs> it was your little friend over there last time that tried to uh, steal one of... Uh, Lee, what was it? He's tried to steal something from your coin purse, I think. Last time I threatened to cut one of your little fingers off, didn't I? Uh, and that was when you touched someone else's stuff. So, this time, I'm going to set fire to one of you. And we know how much everyone around here likes fire, don't we? 
As I pull out an oil flask. I was drinking from a canister at the time, and you just hear me go... Upon the halfling child hearing that you uh, are going, you're threatening him with fire, obviously fire within this society is a big, big no-no, because there have been several, like, uh, floating cities that have uh, burnt over time and have crumbled down below. Fire seems to be one of the very few things that can can disable giant magic. His arrogance drops in this halfling child. His bravado fades completely and genuine terror enters his eyes. He uncrosses his arms and you can see him visibly shaking and goes, no we look we were just having a laugh, alright? You don't need to get no fire out, okay? Like all, all we were doing was a prank, there's nothing else round do around here. All, all our mums on the A's, all our dads out fighting us to be worried. What we were trying to do is have some fun. You don't need to go and threaten us with any fire in our water. And you can see the other halfling children behind him start like bawling their eyes out like, oh, we, we, we didn't mean to do it we didn't mean to upset you we are just trying to make our own lives it might not go the way that you think this is going to go okay so I put the, the flask of oil away and I crouch down to his level look him in the eye and go so next time maybe think about not picking on people that are in a medical wing you can have your fun out here but maybe the people who are in the temple recouping aren't having the best time. Maybe have your fun elsewhere. I don't see you in there again, unless you're helping them. You're helping, very different. You're causing trouble. I'll be back. Do we have a deal? You see, like, a little snot bubble on his nostril just, like, blow out and then pop. And you just, you just... <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a deal. I'm really sorry, mister. I didn't know... And... And I'm me, so sorry. Let me finish. Let me finish. I promise. I promise. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. A man is bound by his word, yes? I, I don't know what that means. We've not got educated. Just nod. Yeah. Any nods? You are the representative of your group. Let's call it a guild. Now, I'm representing myself as a member of another guild, let's say. We take these deals very seriously. So next time, don't break your word. Deal? Deal? You won't break my word, mister, I swear. I stand up and then walk off. And I, as I walk through the group that has followed me, I said, I told you I wasn't going to dismember a child. Dear God. All of the tension in Lee's body is just released in a moment as he realises he won't have to try and heal a small child. That tension also rele releases a f small fart, and you just hear the sound of, um, just on the just halfway through all of what was going on between you and the halfling child. Norris, roll a sleight of hand check. Fourteen. So, the moment that you put the um, the moment that you put the oil canister back in your back pocket, Norris just leans over and very deftly takes it out and sequesters it in his own pack, continuing to just look nonchalant. You don't feel a thing. Right, so you join back up with the group. You have that moment. Now, what is it that you're planning on doing? Well, I want to go further into the city. I need to get to the market. I'm just kind of keeping close as I can to uh, Lee and just checking my hand to see if it needs healing again anytime soon. Uh, actually, that's a really good point. I'm going to roll something. Oh. This is new. No, your hand's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm just going to stick around with this guy that just threatened fire on a child. Do you want to go and find an inn, or do you want to go to the market? So we decide amongst yourselves in character what your priorities are going to be. My nearest priority would be to sit down and read a book. Uh, a very specific book about very specific things that I need to personally know about. I'll say no more about that. But my opportunity is to sit down, not shop, I suppose, for me, and just do some good old-fashioned research. Yeah, I need to get to the marketplace. Um, there's a stall going. They don't come around very often. And I need to get there as quickly as possible. It's up to you whether you come with me, but I'm going that way. I, I turn to Nilo as well and go, marketplace is a good place to make money. You do have a point, and uh, I think me and Lee 
need some employment because, uh, and I sort of pick, I, I just sort of jangle my coin pouch and I'm like, I think I have about 10 copper to my name at the moment. So, uh, what do you reckon, Lee? Market? Well, yes, we're not going to help anyone with no money in our pockets, are we? Because, I mean, you won't let me get money the way I want to get money, will you? No, I will not. And I must say, I'm very proud of you. As you mention uh, the market, uh, nearby, an elderly dwarf who is sat on a stool, he's got bleach white hair, braided into intricate braids, in both his beard and his hair, perks up. He very slowly, with aching bones, gets up off of his stool, and shuffles across to you, and he just goes... <clears throat> I hear you're uh, talking about going to the market, I see. Uh, I've, uh, I've heard some interesting things about the market. Uh, should, uh... Can I help you with your throat, sir? It's very just a bit of the rot lung. Uh, nothing, that, uh, nothing that anyone else can cure. I've been in that temple many a time. And uh, they've tried channeling their god enough to uh, to try and fix me. And unfortunately, it does sound like I've swallowed a badger, whatever one of those be. Uh, now, as I was saying, <clears throat> I've heard some pretty interesting things about the market. For starters, there's going to be a couple of your kind. And he points his hand at you, Nilo. There this time... Now, you and I both know it's not normal to see you lot walking about. So, uh, rumour has it. Yes, we prefer to glide on uh, clouds of silk. Oh, a sarcastic motherfucker, I see. Uh, aye, okay. You see how I heard? It, it, it comes with the ears. Yes, pointy as they may be, filled with arrogance. I'm sure that that's the source of it. Now... As I was saying before you youngling decided that it was your appropriate time to interrupt me, there are a few of you about. I don't know why. But I've heard they've got something special. A couple of ancient texts that me and some of my friends would be interested in. Now, I'll pay you a hefty sum if you can get up there and give me those texts. Well, what, the, what would they cost us and what is the hefty sum? Whatever it is that you pay for it, I'll double it. Me and my kin, we've got a good use for those. Trust me. You don't need to know the details, just know that we can pay you. The dwarf, right? Yes. How much would we need to purchase them, though? We might not have the capital. Now, I hear that these high elves, they're not in it for the gold or the copper. They're in it for uh, intricacies and rarities. They're looking for... What do I want to roll if I want to, as a fellow dwarf, work out what he's doing or what he wants the, the things for, what he might be up to? Insight. Yeah, it just have to be insight. Uh, that was a 14 in that case. Yeah, no, he, he he just seems like an old man who's looking for something um, probably to help him with his rot lung. Fair enough. Oh, that's what's going on. Okay, got it. These, these won't happen to be text to do with the old dwarven designs would they <clears throat> maybe they are maybe they're not all i know is i find them valuable now you up for a deal well mm, i don't think so not not double the price personally what i think they might be i'd be looking for four times Absolutely mad. You don't even know what they are. Uh, doesn't matter if we've got the means to get them and you want them that badly. Only reason I don't walk up there myself is because of my knees. <laughs> I think it might have something to do with the fact you're a dwarf as well. Oh, so we've got racism from all kinds of pointy eared now, have we? You're not even a full breed! No, it, it's not nothing to do with racism. Why would the High Elves... If they're what I think they are, why would the High Elves give them back to the Dwarves? Tell me, were you raised in High Elf society? No, I wasn't. So why do you think if they had cast you out, they'd give them to you? They might still give them to me. Exactly. 
No, they're clearly not trying to keep him within Wales. If all they're looking for are rarities and trinkets, then what you're talking about are people who are willing to shift stuff that they consider invaluable anymore. If they considered it valuable, they keep it to themselves. Well, this is what those pointy-eared bastards are like. True, we are like that. Not four times, three times the value. Can I do two and a half? No, I'm not going any lower than three. Can I do a persuasion check? Yes, by all means. Beat 15. Oh, fuck. Natural one. So, he leans into you, and he just goes, I said, two and a half. And that is me being generous. And, for a minute, you think, you know what? This is still a good deal. In fact, it's so good. I should just, I should just give it to him for the, for the two that he said. Yeah. You know what? I should just give it to him for the two. You, you seem so, like such a kindly gentleman. I've actually changed my mind. And yeah, let's go for two. Two seems fair. He pulls out some jerky as you're saying this and he goes to bite it and his mouth, he stops the jerky halfway to his mouth and cocks an eyebrow and just goes, All right, you're not right in the head, but I'll take the deal. And he holds his hand out for you to shake. I shake his hand enthusiastically, thinking that I have far far come out on top in this deal <laughs> he, he grips hold of your hand and despite being an elderly man who's got aches in his joints you can tell that he's still got a very firm grip he goes name's Friedel what's yours full fairness pleased to meet you Hi. likewise are you going to have to get gone got another half day's march before you get up there uh, before we do, is there anything that we might need to know that would assist us, or do we just rock up and pay the price? Have you have you ever been to a market here before, lad? Not in this town, no. On 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 other islands, I have. Okay, so Beetlejuice Market Town operates a little bit different to normal places. All right. You have to go a couple of days before. You have to make all your bids and all your trades then. But you're not allowed to pick it up for two days until Market Town officially opens. Now, tomorrow is the day that you start your bids. So you got to get up there and you got to do your bids tomorrow. Okay, thank you. Now, just be careful of those hoyos because they're tricky bastards. They'll uh, try and swindle your eyes, make you give up more than you want to. Give up more than its value. But I tell you now, anything that the High Elves were willing to depart with means that it is valuable, even if they don't believe so. Okay. Is it a blind auction or open? Open. Okay. Now, there's going to be a lot of competition. People don't see much High Elves around here. So you're going to get a few people who are just looking, a few people who aren't serious. Then you're going to get a couple who are going to drive a real hard bargain. Well, as hard as Full Furnace just drove with you, because, I mean, if, if they're driving that sort of bargain, I think we might be okay. Hey, I tell you, I'm a master tactician when it comes to bartering. Oh, no, no, I bow down to your superior knowledge. He looks at you and he just cocks an eyebrow and just goes, What are you keeping with this coin? I don't really know. I also turn out and just show him the three holes that are in the back of my leather armour and go, I kind of ran out of options. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks at you and he just raises an eyebrow and he just like shakes his head. Do you guys turn to leave? Yeah. Yeah. You have about like a half day's walk across the city to get to Market Town. And on the way there are there are the possibilities for inns. The only person that would know anything about inns in this place, really, is Nilly. About inns? Yes. So, obviously, you were here on Beetlejuice before you ended up in the Temple of Lathanda, and you were here for, like, quite some time. So you know that as you get to Market Town, there are some very, very good inns that you could stay at. Whereas the further out you get, particularly in the area that you are in now, 
they're very dingy, run down, likely to infect you as much as you are to get some bed uh, there. Okay. I definitely make that known straight away, but like, is there a particular inn that I would favour, given that I quite, I'm quite academic and I like my piece? Yes. So, just on the outskirts of Market Town, there is a very beautiful, quaint little boutique inn with like padded leather booths set near uh, a roaring open fireplace people who tend to go there are the more upmarket variety so it's got a very calm air to it um it is called uh, the scholastic drink scholastic, very good uh, cool are we looking for an in now sorry uh well so it's probably about like 10 o'clock now um, after all the walking around and introductions you've done, it's probably about 10 o'clock. It's about a half day's march to get to Market Town, assuming there's no problems along the way. So that would get you there, I imagine, about five hours. So that'd get you there for about three o'clock in the afternoon, which, as we all know, is checking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to upsell the shit out of that as best I can and just, you know, promote that. It's like, you have to, then. You have to. In character, right now, sell the shit out of the Scholastic drink. If we're looking for a place to rest, there's only one place we can really, truly go to. Every other place, quite frankly, is dog shit. Whatever a dog may be. Uh, accompany me, if you will, a mere five hours to the Scholastic drink. Anything less is peasant swill. At least one half of us is got elf blood in them and i know they weren't settled for it and i also have an infection so i'd like to be somewhere that i know can cater towards such of uh, an ailment i'm just going to start walking in that direction chuffed to bits i look to nilo and whisper i don't think we can afford that i could make us be able to afford it seems a bit pricey how much is it bedwise probably about five gold a night oh jesus we can't afford that Oh, that's definitely too steep. I'll happily uh, pay for the lodging of, not everyone, but I'll happily pay for the lodging of uh, Ellie and Nilo because they were the ones who assisted me to begin with. And the rest of them I don't really know. So, yeah, that's that sounds good. Uh, I like that. Um, I'm going to go... Is there any stores or anything? Uh, I, in fact, I'm going to... Go with them for the time being. Yeah, so you need to head up there anyway. Um, it is a five-hour journey to get to Market Town, or to the edge of Market Town anyway. Um, and as it stands, uh, Nearly is walking in that direction, in the direction, actually, of the Scholastic Drink, a very upmarket, well-to-do establishment. The rest of you have all followed. I'm just going to... Okay. Roll. So, who's leading? Give me a marching order. Like, are you just all walking as a gaggle, talking amongst yourselves? I'll be in front. I'll talk to anyone who'll talk to me. That's as far as I'll go. I'll try and keep conversation. You're going to try and keep conversation. Cool. Okay. So, um, we've got Nilly and we've got Lee up front. Give us an example of what you're talking about right now, and and just how one-sided that conversation is. I, I I've obviously healed your hand, but you've never told me what you did to it. Oh, that, that, that's not important in the slightest. I, I, I honestly, I'd rather not go into it. I mean, I mean, really, you seem quite nervous about it. I mean, you, you almost seemed as if someone was following you or, you know, I can help you if you tell me. Oh, that, that's very kind of you, but in all truth, there's a lot to be nervous about nowadays. If you hadn't noticed, we're flying in the sky. So, for the time being, I'm, I'm quite all right, thank you. I'm going to leave that where it is for now, but think on it. Okay, cool. So, you two are up front leading the way. Um, who's behind them? I'll be behind the two of them, uh, slightly eavesdropping on his conversation, trying to work out what Nilly actually does. I'm, uh, I'm stuck with Nilo, just making sure he doesn't uh, do something else dodgy. So what is your conversation looking like? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, not Norris, was it? Yes. Have you taken an interest in my shadow? Uh... I'm just making sure you don't do anything else. You know, like burning people to the to the ground in a skyhold is is bad. 
you get taught that when you're born. Yes, I'm well aware. Um, but the threat elicited a response. The response opened an avenue to discuss how the child had been acting, and the child will not act that way again. So, so you're definitely not going to burn down the skyhold. No, and uh, I, I go to reach for the oil flask, and I'm like, little fuckers stole from me. I immediately jump and I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. It wasn't the children. And I, and I slowly put it back in his, in his little bag. <laughs> oh, you little devil. Maintaining eye contact this entire time. Oh, no, I'm completely, I look at him and I'm like, you have gone up in my estimation, friend. We'll take, we'll get rid of that badge one day. That, you know, the sunburst thing. I'll teach you how to really live. Oh, we're going to get you one. Back when we go back to the temple. I'll make them give you one. Oh, Lee tried that as well. Um, there was something to do with it being allergic to me, and, you know, I, uh, I had to take it off because, you know, it was burning my flesh. Like, I really think you will enjoy being in the company of Lathander. No, but I have heard... Um, do you know of a goddess called Shah? I do not. I don't know. I have a feeling she's quite an interesting goddess, but uh, I'm not one for religion. I think I heard one of my colleagues talk, I say colleagues, uh, one of my old masters who used to routinely kick the shit out of me um, speak about her, uh, saying she'd take my soul. Oh. I like ones. I, I like, I like, uh, I like gods like that. They, uh, they seem really interesting. Oh. I mean, I haven't heard of any of these gods. Well, we each have our own quirks. Uh, but yeah, good on the good, good theft. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then following up behind them, I'm just going to swiftly move on. Is uh, Fulfarnis and uh, his cell sword. The cell sword is just sort of like walking in your blind spot just to protect you. What is it that you're doing, Fulfarnis? Completely oblivious to the fact that she can't respond to me. I'm asking her questions about who she is, like where she comes from, what she did when she grew up. I'll play, I'll play yourself, Sword. You play uh, yourself. So, Tim, I know you, you were a member of the Academy. What was it like in the Academy um, being, I'm assuming, one of the only women? She looks at you and just raises an eyebrow. Oh, not feeling talkative today, are we? She shakes her head and just looks to the ground, face-palming. I wish you wouldn't hit yourself. You might cause some damage. I'm paying you to protect me, so I need you in the utmost health. Okay. It doesn't seem like you want to talk to me at the minute, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that for now, and I'll, I'll try again later. I really wish we would be friends. You arrive outside the Scholastic Drink in the early afternoon, after about five hours of walking. The inn sits on the edge of a vast square, ringed by structures as tall as thirty men, built from the giant sunstone blocks customary of Beetlejuice. The square is packed with the wooden frames of various market stalls. At least three quarters of the market is full, with the remaining stalls slowly being set up within the sea of buyers and sellers. The scholastic drink nestles within the hollowed-out ground floor of one of these structures and is made up of three human-scale floors. Exposed wood beams separate the floors, with iron-framed windows interspersed among them. Above the double oak doors that mark the entrance hangs the sign of the inn, a stack of four leather-bound books on a table, the outline of a dragon embossed on the front of the top book. As you stand outside the inn, you notice a subtle shift in the atmosphere of the crowd around you. The mood has grown still and tense, and slowly the silence falls over Market Town. Heads turn up towards the sky, and through the shimmer of the atmospheric magic above, a silhouette grows. Though the design is unfamiliar, a ship approaches at speed, and through the silence... A bell starts to ring, and a single shout echoes across the square. RAID!
Chronicles of the Eastern Winds is Alex as Fulfarnis Nerelef, Corey as Neely Omenbreaker, Dan as Lee, though we now call him Ellie, Ollie as Wraithran Nilo, Ryan as Noras, and myself Tristan as your Dungeon Master. Hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Check us out on social media. We are at Chronicles EW on Twitter. Search for Chronicles of the Eastern Winds on Facebook to find our page, or check us out on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash Chronicles EW. If you want to support the podcast, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Chronicles EW, where we are updating our patron tiers constantly. Next episode will air Friday the 5th of March, so we will see you then.